do, so I will rest. And now that, and now that the world is going on 24-7, sometimes people got to choose a different day to be their Sabbath. Because, in, because when, this was, when Leviticus was written, the Sabbath day was the seventh day, and the seventh day was not Sunday. The seventh day was, guess what, what day? It was Saturday. Sunday was the first day of the week. You say, well, how did we get from the Sabbath being on Saturday to the Sabbath being on Sunday? The church took Sunday as our day because it was Resurrection Day. That's when Jesus got up. So that became our first day. For us, that's day one. He got up, that means the rest of us are going to get up. He's our day one. Y'all heard that, right? <laughs> Jesus is my day one. <laughs> Amen? So that's how we got from the Sabbath being Saturday to it being Sunday. And now Sunday's all jacked up because people got to work and work and work and all that. But nevertheless, he mandated that there needs to be some time of rest, a Sabbath rest. Where you just do what? Chill out. And this age has got to a place where we chill out. What is that? I got I chill out. I can't wait a minute. I can't. I, well, you know, I, well, you know, I went to bed. I went to bed at nine o'clock and I woke up at 11 and I stayed up all night because I just couldn't sleep because I, I just I, I can't I can't lay in the bed. It don't mean lay in the bed. <laughs> but that means stop some stuff. Pause. Chill out. Dedicate some time to him. Say, Lord, these, the, the, the rest of this day, these next few hours, it's for you. And speak to me. You ain't got to stare at the paint and watch on the ceiling and see if you got any cracks in the ceiling of your house. It's, it's spend time with the Lord. Say, Lord, speak to me. As Pastor would say, turn up the volume of your voice so I can hear. You, sometimes you can't hear, Lord, because you're too busy. Your brain is going 5,000 miles an hour. And you're standing in one spot. Look at the people like this right here. Your bug eyes all out because your brain is just going. You need to give your brain a Sabbath rest. So it can, so that your spirit can hear. That's how Moses could hear all that he heard and write the five books of the Bible, because it was lots of quiet around. One of those sirens going off and <laughs> alarms. No 24-hour TV going. No music. The people upstairs. Oh, the people downstairs. Sabbath, rest, was called a feast. It was called a festival, a celebration of hearing from God. If you can't get it in all on Sunday, choose another day, another, a block of time on another day. So Lord, this is my Sabbath rest. I'm chilling out. Turn my brain down. Ratchet it down. Power it down so I can hear you. Amen? We'll stop there.
for tonight. We'll continue next time. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus is in every book of the Bible. And what else after that? Get all them animals in. Two by two. All the kind of animals. Find them. Did they all just get, get that memo and just came walking up down, just walking down the road, here I am? No, it was a process. Right? And so the whole process took years and years and years. Finally, they all got in after he got, after, Mo, after Noah was ridiculed, made fun of, thought crazy, was told to forget God. You're a lunatic. Until the day came when it started to rain. So it rained 40 days and 40 nights. Did they get off the ark after that? No. They didn't get off after that. Because while it was raining, then wellsprings of water that were under the earth burst forth. And so the 40 days and 40 nights was bringing flood, but, but the underground waters bursting forth Created catastrophe, catastrophic, covering the mountains. Rain, water. So guess how long they had to stay on the boat? A year. The Bible says a year and five days. For, why, why? Because they had to wait for the water to go down. There you are on this big old ark with all these animals for how long? Not just 40 days and 40 nights. <laughs> a year and five days. Don't leave out the five days. Right, right. A year and 45 days. And so after, so when they finally got off the ark, then they got, they got separated and they repopulated the earth. Right? So they repopulated the earth. And that was, so, so what did that take? That took some time, right? That was wrapped up in that 400 years. Right? So, so when they repopulated the earth, did they only repopulate the Middle East? No. They repopulated how much of the earth? The whole earth. Are you understanding? So all this is going on. All this is going on between... Genesis and the start of Exodus. And all, and all that time, the family of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, then that family grew up into a nation. But other nations were developing in China, here in the United States, Native Americans, okay, in Africa. Stuff was going on. Supernaturally, the earth was being repopulated. But in the midst of repopulating the whole earth, the Lord selected a people. 
And it's like, I love everybody, I'm here for everybody, but these people right here, this is my, they're gonna be my chosen ones, and I'm gonna use them as an example for all generations to come to see what a relationship with me looks like. Are you understanding? So when all that was happening, the people in the Far East, they didn't get it, they didn't know it. The, the people here in the West, they didn't get that. The people in, in, in Africa and South America, they didn't get that. But the people in the Middle East, the nation of Israel, they were getting. The Lord said, I'm gonna use them to teach everybody what a relationship with me looks like and who I am and who I can be to all the world. Are you understanding? Okay, so uh, there's Genesis, Exodus, and then we start seeing the, the development of the relationship between God and his people, the nation of Israel. That did not start as a nation, but grew into a nation and continued to grow and continued to grow and continued to grow. So in Exodus, uh, we met Moses. And we said Moses was a type of Christ. Because remember, we're looking for Jesus in every book of the Bible. So we saw Jesus in, in Exodus, somebody that looked like Jesus, named who? Moses. Why? Because, because he was a priest. He went to God for the people. Because the people were always cutting up. Say cutting up. I don't but they was cutting up, okay? And so Moses was the priest always going before them. He was their leader. He was their prophet. He, would, he told them what thus saith the Lord. The Lord spoke to him because he didn't have a Bible. The Lord spoke to him and he developed a relationship with God to hear God, correct? And so uh, in that period of time, uh, the Lord began to, cement his relationship with the nation of Israel and develop some things to connect them to his heart and to his way and in relationship to him. And so in Exodus, we talked about Moses, we talked about, about uh, all the things that happened in him bringing the people out of bondage. Out of what? Out of bondage. And coming out of bondage uh, in relationship with the Lord, the Lord gave Moses the law for the nation of Israel. This is how y'all supposed to conduct yourselves. This is how y'all supposed to act. This is how y'all supposed to relate to me and to one another. And one of the things that you find in the book of Exodus is the Ten Commandments. Let's go there. Exodus chapter 20. Did we look at this last time? No? Okay. I told you I get caught up at the house. I don't remember what I did, so. And I skip around in my notes, so help a sister out. All right. Exodus chapter 20. Are you there? How many commandments are there? Hmm? Ten. Okay. So we're going to look at Exodus chapter 20, because in Exodus chapter 20, it's more than ten verses. 26 verses. So we're going we're gonna to go down until we, get to the, until we get to number 10. Okay? But we're going to start at verse 
Exodus chapter 20, verse 3. Okay, verse 3, ready, read. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Which commandment is that? Number one. Heart, okay. All right, y'all are on it tonight. One, number one. Okay, next verse. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Or any what? Likeness. Anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Which commandment is that? Two. Okay. Verse five. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them for I the Lord thy God am a what? Jealous God visiting iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. And showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and what? Keep my commandments. Okay, verse 7. Read. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Stop. Which one is that? No. It's the third one. Because we have, thou shalt not, thou shalt have no other gods, thou shalt not make any graven image. Now, number six, verse seven, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. For God will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Okay, next one, verse eight. Okay, again, go. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Okay? All right, skip down. Now, the rest talks about the Sabbath day, the next verse. Let's skip over to verse 12. Are you there? Same chapter, verse 12. Ready? Read. Honor and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. 13. Thou shalt not kill, 14. Thou shalt not, 15. Verse 16. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Verse 17. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. That's all ten of them. That's all ten of them. Okay? And what did the Lord give that to them for? So that they would live the way he intended for them to live. They would be an example to the nations all around them of how to live. Okay? So, last time we talked about seeing Jesus in this book of Exodus. And one of the ways that we talked about seeing Jesus in this book of Exodus was in the Passover experience that the nation of Israel had when they were brought out of bondage in Egypt. And the Lord told them, okay, this is what I'm going to do. 
to Pharaoh and the Egyptians who've been so mean, hateful, nasty, enslaving you, you all. I'm going to wipe out their firstborn. I'm going to protect your firstborn if you do what I tell you to do. Okay? And so he gave them instruction. Take a lamb. Do what with it? Kill it. Okay? Take the blood of it, some of the blood of it, put it on the doorpost over the top of your house, down the side. And when the death angel comes to bring vengeance for what they've done to my people, you'll be safe, you'll be protected. Did that happen? It did happen. Okay? And we said that was a, that was a precursor, that was a type of Jesus. The blood of Jesus covering us. Providing eternal life for us. So that when, when, at the end of life, we're not going to hell. If we have a relationship with Jesus. Why? Because the blood of Jesus covers and protects. And our faith rests in him. So we see Jesus coming. The Lord is showing us that he's going to take care of his own. So we see him taking care of his own in, in Exodus, and now we see him taking care of his own when his own is us. Say, his own is me, and I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. Okay, uh, one more thing about Exodus. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Seeing Jesus in every book of the Bible. So we're going to the New Testament, 1 Corinthians Chapter 5. Are you there? Okay. Let's look at verse 7. 1 Corinthians 5 and 7. Okay, are you there? It says, purge out, therefore, the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. So we saw Passover in the Old Testament. Now, what, what is this scripture saying about Jesus? Jesus is our Passover. He's the one that provides protection for us. He's the one that provides salvation for us. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed. How did, how did he become our Passover? Because he gave his life. He shed his blood. He was crucified. He died, but was resurrected for us, that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Okay? Isn't that good? Amen. So you see, you see God was up to something all the way back in Genesis and Exodus and all the way through to the New Testament, reminding the 
nation of Israel and now us, Christian Israel, that Christ is our Passover. He's our protection. He's our sacrifice. He's our savior. Everybody ought to want him to be the Lord of their life. Okay. Let's go on to the third book of the Bible and see if we see Jesus in the third book of the Bible. What is the third book of the Bible? Leviticus. And here, once again, there's a connection between this book of the Bible in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Um, and I can just tell you that in the New Testament, Leviticus, Levitical scriptures are mentioned 17 times by different writers of the New Testament. Is that natural? By different writers in the New Testament, they're writing, they're using scriptures from Leviticus to talk about what God was doing then all the way up to Jesus walking the earth. Okay? So, what is the book of Leviticus all about and how can we see Jesus there? Number one, the book of Leviticus declares that God is holy. And it declares that God expects his people to be holy. So Leviticus is like the how-to manual for worshiping God. Because in that time frame, in that biblical period, remember, there was a nation of Israel, but there were all other kind of nations all around them. And the nations all around them were worshiping the sun, the moon, the stars, they were worshiping animals. And so the Lord was making a distinction between all those other nations and what they were doing and what he wanted done. And so it was a how-to instruction book for how to worship God. And so there were ceremonies, there's ceremonies delineated in the book of Leviticus. This is how you, this is how you come before God. This is how you worship when you get to the house of God. This is the, their regulations. There are certain things that need to be in the house of God and some stuff not in there. And it's all laid out in the book of Leviticus. Also, the book of Leviticus is a lifestyle guide for God's people. Because before they came into relationship with God, they were in relationship with other people, other cultures, and they had to be made like God needed them to be righteous. Okay? So the, the book of Leviticus is teaching the nation of Israel how to maintain relationship with God himself. How to be holy, which is what? Mean, which simply means set apart. It didn't mean they had to wear crazy clothes, put on sackcloth and ashes and look like a bag of rags. It meant they had to be decent and represent the one that saved them, the one that loves them. They had to learn how to represent. Say represent. represent. Are you representing the holiness that God asked? 
And if, if you remember when we were talking in Exodus about the nation of Israel and how they were following Moses and they were always giving Moses some kind of hard time. So, so the Lord pulled Moses aside and said, write this down and give it to them so that they'll know how to be my people. So let's turn to John chapter 13. We're going back and forth a little bit between old and new because we already know they're connected, don't we? Okay, so John chapter 13 and verse 34. Are you there? St. John chapter 13 verse 34 and 35. Are you there? Verse 34, ready? Let's read together. A new commandment I give unto you. Stop. If you have a, a two-tone Bible, what color are these letters? Red. That means who's speaking? Jesus is speaking. A new commandment I give unto you. Go on, read. That ye love one another as I have loved you that ye also do what? Love one another. Okay. Now, go back to Leviticus. Chapter 19. Verse 18. And it says, Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. Do you see any connection between John 13 and Leviticus 19.18? Yes. How did they get connected? Because the love of God is a thread running all the way through, running all the way through. And in the New Testament, when Jesus paraphrases this scripture, he says, this is a law I'm giving, a new law I'm giving to you. Even though it had been given in the Old Testament as a law. He was taking it to a higher place when he spoke it in the New Testament. So there's Jesus in Leviticus. Do you see that? So there he was speaking it in, in John, the New Testament, and he's, but his point of reference was in Leviticus from the original law that was given to the nation of Israel through Moses by God. Okay? So Leviticus, in Leviticus we see the love of Jesus and we also see expressions of, about the holiness that God wants from his own people. Let's look at Leviticus chapter 11. 
chapter 11 and verse 44. Leviticus 11, 44 and 45. Are you there? And it says, For I am the Lord your God. Ye shall therefore sanctify yourselves, and ye shall be holy, for I am holy. Neither shall ye defile yourselves with any manner of creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Verse 45. For I, the Lord, that bringeth you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God, ye shall therefore be holy, for I am what? I am holy. So, all throughout the book of Leviticus, there's references to living a holy lifestyle. Say lifestyle. 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 Not just Sunday. Not just Wednesday, but lifestyle. And so they had to learn holiness as a lifestyle. And the book of Leviticus is divided into two parts. One teaches that the way of God is a way of sacrifice. So to be holy, you're going to have to sacrifice, right? Meaning, meaning what? Some stuff that you might want to do, you have to choose to do it the Lord's way. Sometimes when you want to cut people, you got to do it the Lord's way. <laughs> you got to do it the Jesus way. Amen. All right. Sometimes when you want to cuss people, <laughs> you got to do it the Jesus way. So that somebody will recognize that uh, this is a holy person. They might be telling me off, but they're telling me in a sanctified way. <laughs> that, 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 that takes some work, doesn't it? <laughs> because the Lord, the Lord, what does the Bible say? Whom the Lord loveth, he chastens. So, so what does chastening mean? That means he corrects. So when the Lord corrects you, is he two snaps at you? Does he roll his head neck when he chastises you? When he chastises me? No. He's real smooth with it. He's real smooth with it, isn't he? So, 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 so that maintains his integrity, his holiness, and he's trying to impart some of that to us to say, okay, you can chastise, you can correct, you can, but be smooth with it. Put some love in it. Put a spoonful of sugar in it, something. Somebody said, I'm growing. I'm still growing to that place. Still growing to that place. Amen? Glory to God. <laughs> Lord Jesus, glory to God. Yes, yes, Lord, you challenging us tonight up in this place. <laughs> Still growing. The lifestyle for God's people. Amen. And, and holiness doesn't, like I said, it doesn't mean weird. How many people, how many of you know some people that, that, that profess they're holy, 
but they weird. And a hush is in this place. Don't mean be weird. Jesus was not weird. He was holy, but not weird. He was righteous, but not weird. And, and making people run away. People out the blind, look out the window. Nope, ain't opening the door. <laughs> Not. Why? Because, because what does the Lord want pouring out of us? Not just, he wants love pouring out. He wants the fruit of the Spirit pouring out. Gentleness, meekness, faith, kindness pouring out. So in Leviticus, he's teaching the people how to live a lifestyle that's set apart. And in living that lifestyle, the nation of Israel came to the place of being supernaturally blessed, supernaturally provided for, supernaturally delivered because of being set apart. So being set apart unto God is, is to be a great thing, not a weird thing. Because if you're, if you're living a set apart, holy life unto God, and he blesses your socks off, do you care that people think something different about you? Because it is. Do you care if, 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 if the devil don't like you? Because he doesn't. But, but, but you're in the place of set apart. You're in the place of divine protection. You're in the place of divine provision. You're in the place of divine love being poured out on you. You're in the place of supernatural favor resting on you. Simply because you're de you've decided to live set apart. To live the, the holy lifestyle of being set apart. So all, I know some of you have had the experience of encountering family members, co-workers, uh, uh, people that you work with, people that you see in the street, people that you meet in the grocery store. You speaking to somebody all nicely, and they're looking at you like, why are you looking at me like, why are you talking to me? They're looking at you like something wrong with you. But you're the one who's set apart. I'm happy to be set apart. Because to be set apart is a privileged place. Available to everyone, but it's a privileged place. Because then you can walk in the favor of God. Do I have a witness? You can walk in the blessing of God. Do I have a witness? You can walk in the healing power of God. Do I have a witness? And so, so the trade-off isn't even fair. It's not even fair. To just decide, I'm going to be set apart, and then all of the glory comes into your life. Just for choosing the Lord's way. Follow his instruction. Amen? Say, I'm down with that. I'm down with that. 
holy lifestyle. Holy lifestyle. Walking before the Lord in righteousness. And serving him with gladness. And honoring him the way he wants to be honored. Okay? Next time we'll talk about some of the ways he wants to be honored. Like every week, he wants to be honored with the Sabbath celebration. Do you know, the Sabbath was called in the, a, festi, a festival. It was like a, called a feast day, a festival day. Where, where, where the Lord said, on that day, don't work, honor me and rest. Honor me and rest. So, so, so we should have some kind of Sabbath going on in our lives. You know, now, in that day, it wasn't, it wasn't, something wasn't going on 24-7. Things weren't going on 24-7 when the book of Leviticus was being written out there in the wilderness by Moses. Because when it got dark, there weren't no streetlights. <laughs> no mall, no fast food. Lord have mercy, how did they survive? <laughs> And so, so all of that was going on. So they didn't have to think about, well, what am I, you know, what, what, what can I not do on Sunday so I can rest? Now we got to think about, how, what can I, we got to think about, how, what can I,